Hello everyone, I am Brennan Sahajan and I tend bar at Washington State's best beer bar, the Manitou Tap House. I decided to make a podcast because the regular customers who come in are the most eclectic group of people I have ever met. And I want all of you to know the perspective and stories from the people from my bar. My guest today is a former Manitou Tap House employee who moved into the big beer world. He is now a field marketer for Rainier and PBR. He's a very close friend of mine who has had many a great night of laughs and weird music videos together as well. We've been mistaken as related on many occasions, and though we're not, I think of him as brother. You all are gonna love Cameron Palmer. You are learning right now. Perfect. Because we're already recording. Awesome. I love it. All right. Cam, thank you, first of all, for being here. I appreciate your time. You're welcome. Yes, it's my pleasure. Let's get you out of here as soon as possible so you can go to the show. (laughs) Okay. Well, no, not as soon as possible. We need to be thoughtful. Yeah, I'm not going to rush through it. Okay. They're not until 10.30, so they're really the only ones I care about. Yeah, cool. Um, So, the first question is a deep one. Oh, Oh. Yeah. Okay. This yeah. whole thing is all of these questions are kind of philosophical, so it's oh, not it's okay. not the run of the mill what you think okay. we usually talk about. Um, Stone bullshit. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, first question is who are you, and okay. what led you to be that person? Oh, obviously, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, who am I? I. Uh, that's a tough one. Yeah. Um, when you hear this person inside you and you're making your decisions and is telling you what to do and the what internal not to do. monologue, the id kind of yeah, or who, ego. Who is the that? ego? I don't know if that's your ego. I'm just saying it's your mind. Yeah, the inner voice. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I suppose uh, empathetic, um, people-oriented. Um, enjoy a good conversation, interested, curious about certain things. I can lose interest very quickly, but if it's something that uh, interests me, I definitely uh, will dig deep. Um, I don't think I've ever seen you lose interest in anything. Maybe I just haven't been around a conversation yeah. where you've been in that position. I mean, <clears throat> I'm not going to just be... I'm fairly sociable, you know. I'm not going to just drop the mic and walk away if it's something that doesn't necessarily appeal to me, but I'm not going to seek out conversations or people where I will not be interested necessarily. Um, I guess I would have to say, though, like, how would you respond? Like, what is your answer to this question? <laughs> You're not supposed to turn this around on No, me. but that's I mean, isn't that the point of, like, a, a podcast? You know, you can, Back and forth, a little, little I, context. I, yeah, um, but who I who I am, I would say, is that I'm in, I'm ever learning and changing and trying to mm-hmm. experience new things, change my perspectives, become wiser. Mm. Um, okay. I, I feel like I deep down I definitely am a compassionate person, and that's why I'm even in. The, profession that I'm in Mm -hmm. I feel like that giving knowledge to people is the most powerful thing that I could do yeah and um 
and and especially physical education i think is so important oh, specifically yeah. on how the the way that our information age is going and no one is being physically active anymore yeah so i i truly believe that physical education is is just as important in a young people's education as anything else and i want to be a teacher for these young people because yeah. they are our next generation that is our well, that's I, our ins, insurance for our future you know oh yeah um i think it's also a, a so i feel that's that's who i am nice. i'm a compassionate person yeah i also i mean i have you know skeletons in my closet and dark stuff well, that i does. don't really want to talk about well yeah that's not either at this moment <laughs> it's not the direction the podcast is going but i would say that um that's something that that gives a little more clarity to the question but i yeah no i um i would say that it just i enjoy most people almost all people at least to an extent and uh um you know it was a family uh grew up in a very social setting you know very social oriented yeah um uh always around people um but who I am also to interject mm, sorry, for it, is yeah. definitely based on how I was raised in a religious family mm-hmm. and that had a, an enormous influence on my life. Oh totally. And I know that you can relate to that. Oh 100%. Um and and who I am now and and like the experiences life experiences that I had that changed me and thankfully I my <laughs> you know, not even on purpose, but I drug my parents into, into the same situation, um, uh, living overseas and having like such a different cultural awakening and, and, and worldview change and stuff. I think, you know, I think that, <clears throat> that made a huge influence on who I was a hundred percent, especially yeah. when it came to, uh, like my views on God and things, because when, when you're across the world and you're talking to these other people that think a certain way about mm-hmm. a certain thing and it's so significantly different than yeah. this Western mentality and and individualism and stuff. It's it's insane. Yeah. So that completely changed my world outlook. I started just questioning everything and yeah. I and I realized, you know, how blinded I was by mm-hmm. my faith yeah. and how that that uh, affected totally. um yeah, big decisions in my life. Yeah. I think travel is is foundational to who I've become. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, <clears throat> you know, I did the the standard typical, you know, post college little prance around Europe deal. Mm-hmm. And grab a backpack and just go a couple places and meet a couple people and have you know, get drunk and do stupid shit and then come back. Um, and then I lived there for a year and um, that was a formative experience as well, you know, <laughs> living day to day in a culture that, you know, I was in England, which, you know, is about as close as you get to the U.S., but still totally different situation. Yeah. And then I lived in Spain for a little bit, too. And same deal. Um, it was just eye opening. And it's just, you just understand the unnecessary walls that people put up. It gets really old really fast. You're like, this is so stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, just step outside of your little town for like two seconds, and it's really not that bad. And people are people, and who cares? Um, but yeah, so I think uh, 
I think travel, family, as you said, the religious upbringing was um, huge. And it, you know, really backfired on my parents. <laughs> did not plan out, did not pan out as they intended. Well. Which is fine. Like they're they're cool with it. They they understand the um, that it's all about life experiences. Yeah, though. yeah. It it really. Uh, I think they they maybe banked a little too hard into it too. I think may, there is a possibility. There is a a chance a a different timeline out there that if they hadn't had put me in a uh, hyper religious <clears throat> environment for school. I might not have been as questioning, and I might have been a little more uh, willing to just kind of um, drink the Kool Aid, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> uh, just be a little more blind to certain things. Um, I mean, and that's not to say that you know, I some of my, one of my favorite people that I ever worked with was Brad. Like I love Brad. Hmm. Um, you know what I'm talking about when I Pastor Brad, not Pastor oh, Brad, Brad, so Pastor Brad. Hey. Yeah. yeah. Wait, uh, is it Brad Hagee? He works at First Press. Not yeah. Brad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah Brad Hagee. Yeah. Um, he's incredible. And he, I think he represents everything that the Christian church should be. Uh, and I also love Pastor I, Brad. I, I was going to say, I also feel the same about John. Sowers. Oh, John's great. Yeah. yeah. I think John's incredible. I think that church is on the right track. Uh, it's a little fucked up that people are really um, digging their heels into a lot of that antiquated bullshit, but... Mm. You know, people get scared and they react. So, uh, new things are scary. But, uh, yeah, so that's, you know, not to undermine it as a whole, but, you you know, you step outside of it for a little bit. After being immersed in it and then stepping outside of it, it's like, oh boy, that was awful. And you kind of see a lot of the, the hypocritical and the negativity and the... Of that stuff, so that was huge for me as well to uh, experience that, get that in and out of my system. I think it's interesting how a lot of the people I've actually gravitated to, um, whether it be you or you know Brittany, my girlfriend, mm-hmm. uh, similar experiences in that you know with uh, that really hyper um, militarized almost you know that evangelical mm-hmm. perspective. Uh, and then stepping out of it and being like, ugh, that was weird. So, um, but yeah, I would say, excuse me, those experiences were pretty, pretty big. Um, well, that kind of segues into the next question. Oh, well, yeah, please. Sort of. Yeah. Um, which is, mm. what is worth dying for? And, oh, uh, God. Does any cause really hold that much weight anymore? Mm. And I i mean, I was just talking to a friend of mine about the questions that I go through in the podcast. And, mm-hmm. and when I told him that that was one of the questions, he's like, I bet a lot of people say God and religion. And I was just like, no. <laughs> well, um, I, mean, I mean, you know, uh, if you talk to a, a very religious person, I think that that is the... Mm-hmm. That's the definitive My grandmother answer would, you're supposed to fill in the blank. Granny would be all over that, yeah. That would be her first and only response. Um, I think family might be up there, you know? Um, but, ugh, 
terms of causes, I mean, it's, it's all kind of um, contextual for me, you know, if I feel like if, if it has the air, like, you know, the current political environment that we live in, mm-hmm. pre- feels pretty fucking awful. But I don't think that anything is worth dying over. Like, I'm not going to attempt any crazy shit to get a political point across or to, to do anything like that. But if it were to get to a point where I felt like... What about, like, what just this hypothetical. People mm-hmm. talk about this a lot. Yeah. With the way that gun laws are being, you know, pressing. Ugh. What if there was a civil war? Well, a lot of people have been talking about that bullshit. Uh, yeah, but it's, uh, it's not... Well, first of all, that's... Not gonna happen. <laughs> I a. realize that. <laughs> B, and I agree that it is hypothetical. I mean, yeah, it's civil war. Would I stand for the progressive ideals that I believe in? Um, in in physical conflict, uh, preferably no. Yeah. Just because that kind of is the antithesis of the. That's the thing. Is that's the rub. Is that. Um, a lot of that conflict is not what I support from a personal belief standpoint. So um, I just don't really think violence really gets you to the other side. Would I love to punch a Trump supporter in the face? Yeah, probably. Yeah, nine times out of ten, the thought sounds nice. Would never do it though. They're just a human I mean, being. They're just operating on their own. Yeah. Their own information, and that's fine. It doesn't. They're not going to be like, oh, you know what? Maybe this is a bad idea. No, it's just going to solidify them and how they see. So yeah. Um, I I actually had just an interesting conversation with my uh, my dad. Well, I mean, I was just kind of part of a conversation, and he he was talking about how um, you know schools being shot up, and there's a school in Florida that has been passed that the teachers can be armed. This is so stupid. I well, I mean, that's my stance. Yeah, and 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 I was just it's the dumbest. And I was just thinking, could you imagine a teacher ever being armed? Like, what what teacher would ever want, want to, to shoot armed. their yeah. shoot a student? And my dad said, I would do it. Oh my if god! If a student if a student was shooting up all the rest of the school, I mm-hmm. I would do what was necessary. And I'm just like. Not me. No. Well, no. I, I mean, I I appreciate where he's coming. I from. I appreciate where you're coming from, but you but still to take that person's life in your in your hands. No, like yeah. by all means, do anything else before you have to do. That. Obviously, they're broken. The shooter's yeah. broken. Like yeah. you're just you're putting, like, if you look at it as like. But Jenny, Jenny was kind of on my side. She's like, oh, "Really? You you could be in a school and seeing someone shoot your other students, and you don't think you could shoot that student?" And I'm just like. I don't think I can. No, well, and, I don't know. I'd so, rather throw myself in the way and tackle the kid and hope that he get, it stops. Yeah. So but. my whole thing with that specific example is I actually dated a, <clears throat> a teacher who, during her master's program, she they had this discussion. It was when the shootings were starting to ramp up, and <clears> then <throat> this discussion of arming teachers was was going through, and and she had they had a a. a classroom debate and there I think she had about 20 cohorts or something like that and she was the only one who took the side that she did not want to be armed and for her and I agree with her um a how many teachers are good shots 
Yeah. Is the training going to be included in the teaching, like their teaching requirements? Are we going to pay for that as a state or a country? Um, are they going to get a pay raise? Yeah, because that's not just teaching. No, that's it, teaching in armed forces. An arm on yeah, so they're going to have like, are they going to be as qualified as a police officer? We have enough you can't issues. Can't even get fair pay for teachers anyway. Are they going exactly. to pay us more for exactly? And teachers, care? even if you want to make the argument that teachers are just babysitters, which that wonderful asshole governor in Kentucky made the argument that you know these teachers are when they did their strike we're just leaving these kids at home and we're you know possibly going to be sexually assaulted by pedophiles it's like who <laughs> thinks that way either way thank god he got voted out the the issue is for me is pay training we have a hard enough time with police officers shooting people they're not supposed to you're gonna tell me a teacher's gonna be better you're gonna tell me a teacher who's you know dealing with 30 children is going to be more prepared to take on that kind of scenario. And then you have instances in Oregon where the teacher walked to the student who had a shotgun in his hands and talked him down and was able to de-escalate the situation with nobody experiencing any physical harm. Why have I not heard about that? Oh, dude, it was like viral for, excuse me, for a minute. It was a viral story in Oregon. He used to be... He used to be... I mean, it was, to an extent. It was a... But not like when you hear about these shootings, we're glorifying oh, the shootings. Why don't we talk yeah, about the teacher that talks Because nobody died. It's because nobody died. and there's no, uh, Nobody gets freaked God. out about that. Isn't that ridiculous? It's stupid. That's not sexy enough. Yeah, exactly. He was a former Oregon University of Oregon football player. He was the, oh, the track coach. so awesome. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about that. Dude, it's, uh, it, was, it was wild. You know, and that's not necessarily something you can do every time, but... Um, you have a lot of opinions on, on uh, gun rights and and all that and and like you said, I just I find it it's hard. You that were... is like such a crazy like volatile issue. Yeah. People will just turn on their families. The thing that's wild too is so is your dad a teacher? <clears throat> yeah, that's the thing that kind of blows my mind. So like, in what the the girl that I was seeing said was like, I'm I'm learning. My dad's old school. He's like yeah, he's old school. Kind of yeah, teacher. that's true. Yeah. Um, but, you know, currently we're teaching these teachers to to basically be a secondary parent for a lot of these kids. <sighs> I, I, you're aware. You're talking yeah, to one. No, that's what I, I'm saying. I know like, that. <laughs> it, is, it is insane that these, uh, they have to go, you know, they're going through all of this instruction and training and teaching and, and education to, to learn how to love and... Uh, teach and but you can't discipline yeah but but and you know and there's a lot of different multifaceted issues with that as well but then they also have to turn around at the flip of a coin and shoot one of them (laughs) i know like that's that is well that's mind-boggling you're just you're just like cementing my yeah no, I exact sentiment. And yeah, it's, like, it's 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 insane that that's even a conversation. And it you know you have a paid um, security officer in the Parkland shootings running away, right? Like uh, you know more good guys with a gun. I have a hard time finding any evidence of that being necessarily the case, no matter how many times Second Right, you know Second Amendment rights yeah. individuals want to make it. I, you know, I I barely trust a cop. Well, again, so how am I going to trust some jack off? We have a, there was a regular at a brewery that I worked at who was shit can on a couple of IPAs and his handguns hanging out of his fucking waistband. And we had to let him know that that was not, uh, a, you know, something we really allowed here. And he 
made a stand. He had the fucking balls to say, I have a right to bring this here, blah, 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 blah. And technically, he was right because we didn't serve liquor. And it's only liquor oh, where really? you can... You mm-hmm. It has that. to be liquor. Yeah. Oh. In the state of Washington, I can't speak to any other state laws. And I know in the South, it's a whole other thing. I didn't but know it was liquor. In the state of Washington, if you have liquor, you can kick anybody out no matter yeah, what. Yeah, I was going to say, we, have, we got the sign posted. Yeah. And you have to have the sign posted up for it to be valid. So, um, Dang, since the brewery rough. was beer and wine only, it had to be a policy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a fan through children running around. And this guy, as nice as he is... He gets wasted. He and his wife get wasted and get into arguments. I've seen at least a handful. And you're going to tell me that that guy having a gun is a good thing? Like, you're going to tell me that guy, four, five, six, seven beers deep, is going to be a good enough shot to take down some armed assailant? No. So, um, but yeah, no. I I think in terms of things, to go back to the question, (laughs) things worth dying for. Uh, there are very few. I think yeah. the human life is way too, way too uh, precious. You know, um, I'm sure there would be things. You know, if I have children, or mm-hmm. you know, if there are certain situations where, um, at at that point in time, it seems like the thing to do. Sure, but in terms of um, personal beliefs, I. I'm in a bit of a quandary because I, no, I get it. I don't have, I don't have any value for that. Um, yeah, but yeah, that would be pretty much. So where does your inspiration come from then? That's, the, that's actually the next question. Inspiration for existing life. <laughs> yeah. Um, experiences, food. Music, all that good stuff, you know. Uh, people, good conversation, you know, kind of back to answer number one. Um, I I like life a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. I like to keep it going. Um, you know, and it's, it's difficult to find the balance of all the fun stuff and all the stuff you have to get done. Sure. Um, for me, at least, it can be really difficult, you know. love going to shows, and I love traveling to go to shows. I love, you know, going to festivals and just getting wasted and catching some good music and having a blast, you know. Like, it's, it's definitely a lot of fun, so. Um, and I love... Do you think that's because you feel like that you have limits? In the process of doing these things that you're talking about, it makes you feel limitless. I mean, what do we mean by limits? Like, are we talking just anxiety or like social, is it like social limits, social limitations, that kind of stuff, professional limitations? Sure. I mean, it can be whatever, whatever you think. Your, your limits mean different things to other people's limits i think it has more to do with like at least with music specifically in concerts live Mm -hmm. music uh to be exact um it's more of it could be kind of like a a church experience sure the spiritual um aspect of it not that it's spiritual per se but like sometimes i mean it's it's it has to do with like changing the state of your consciousness in some way or another yeah 
<clears throat> whether it be, you know, blaze by my mind at a shoegaze show mm-hmm. or I'm, you know, drunk at a country show. It's yeah. just, it's being able to um, experience, a, you know, a form of art, a medium of art in like its intended purpose, in my opinion, you know, like country music. You know, you get drink some whiskey, you get shit canned, and listen to some guy singing about, you know, blowing lines and just living the blue collar life. And then, you know, you get stoned as hell, and you go to a, you know, shoegaze show and listen to really pretty loud music. So, mm-hmm. um, and you know, feeling it and and seeing it all in one package is is big for me. Um, so it could be it could be just kind of replacing that that church experience that I had as a kid, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I always liked the praise and worship aspect until I got to experience other kinds of music, and then I realized how fucking lame that shit is. <laughs> it is so bad. It is just like a nightmare. I mean, like I get, but it, I, I, it has its I, I know what you're saying. Yes. And in the moment, you, you, it, it is actually yeah. moving. Yeah, totally. Like, like it's like, designed. This, That's a problem. Is it's like designed. Yeah. Whereas the sensationalism other, is just like, Yeah. Oh, it's just this, like it's like yeah, it's just beyond my normal life. It's very much like praise and worship music is just at least in its current form. Gospel music is all a whole other thing. But praise and worship, Hillsong United Garbage, is, in my opinion, religious U2 for the masses. Like it's just 100%. it's like the just a thousand different edges at a thousand different churches using every single pedal they can think of. To have this expansive loud, and I love that. I love explosions in the sky. I love instrumentally driven. Yeah. Hey, it puts you, it puts you in a different position in yeah. for your mind to be. It is a change, mind altering experience. Yeah, um, with or without substances, but uh, so I think that's part of the reason why I do it. I think it's the socialist. It's a combination of all the things that I enjoy. I get to socialize. Yeah, I get to take in music. I get to partake in extracurricular activities depending on the scene setting right. you know well, um, and, and that's what I'm saying so do you feel like that your limits are being um, just like dropped I suppose so I guess I get to I get to unabashedly enjoy what I want to enjoy yeah like I'm I'm fully indulging myself you're letting go of the reins yeah um, I'm not worried about you know reports and uh, and you know whatever job requirement stuff that I have yeah. in the back of my mind at all the time. So in that regard, yeah, I'd say so. Um, I I think it is just um, you know it's it's a bit of a roll of the dice. It can be not as fun as you thought it would be, and sometimes it can be more fun than you ever anticipated. So um, that's usually why I do those things. Uh, and again, you know, going out to eat, dinner, food, cooking, all that stuff, sitting down, eating, talking, conversations, sensory experiences, those are all... Which is why you need to go to the skydiving trip. I would, I would really like to, but like I said, it was just, this last time was bullshit. I broke my collarbone and I was not about to, like, that one was legit. The past was a little wishy-washy, I will admit, that said collarbones freaked me out and it's been freaking me out like ever since like Brittany wants me to get up on the mountain and I'd love to give it a go but I, I don't want to fucking break this thing again it yeah. hurt so bad and it was forever so 
Um, you know, it's. I would like to. I've always intended to, but. I know you have. Yeah. You were there for the first mm-hmm. conversation. Yeah. I was definitely down. It just. It always turned into a money thing or a, a oh, timing thing. Something. So. Yeah. Um. But yeah, um, I definitely those things kind of feed me. Uh, they feed feed me for sure. Um, so I guess in terms of inspiration um, for living, those would be my my go tos. And you know that might change. That might be <clears throat> uh, kids at some point. I, d- I doubt it. But you know, kids at some point or um, maybe my nephew. I'm too you know? selfish right now. My kids aren't don't inspire me for a lot of things. I'm I'm just still way too selfish <laughs> trying to figure myself out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's gonna I think it's gonna be a while before you can they be in a place are part of my inspiration. Yeah, which is kind of horrible. Ah, you know it's not horrible necessarily. Like they they might not be your inspiration in that you're they're constantly on your mind necessarily when you are navigating those questions. But I think, I mean, I've seen you with your kids. Like the, they're oh, good I love, kids. I yeah. love them. Yeah. So, I mean, that's all that matters. As long as you yeah. love your kids, they don't need, necessarily need to be your inspiration for who you become. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I'm not, I'm, I'm glad that I'm, I'm at where I'm at when it comes to oh, lifestyle. Yeah. And uh, being able to be selfish. That's one of the things that Brittany and I have discussed is like, we just like having too much fun. Yeah. It's now's the time to have the fun. You know, down the line, maybe we'll see, but yeah. It's been good. It's been. Well, do, um, on that note, do you, do you feel in control of your life? Oh, not necessarily. Okay. Um, I actually just. And recently, um, well, what, what things do you think, I mean, of course, in some aspects, you're in control of your life, but yeah. what, what things do you think hold you down? I struggle a lot with routine and, um, <clears throat> it just feels like there's a lot of things that other people can just do mm-hmm. that I just have a hard time. And you know, it, it kind of seems like a cop out a little bit, you know. It's like it's just self discipline. It's just life skills. Just, just fucking do it. But mm-hmm. it it's hard. There are some things that are just hard that doesn't feel like it's normal to me. Um, for me to you know, it feels. I feel like I'm operating at a deficit in certain aspects. Um, I actually just recently went to um, get evaluated. And, uh, you know, everything came back, you know, no anxiety, no depression, Mm -hmm. um, no real deficits, uh, cognitively. Um, I I, I could have told uh, Yeah, that's pretty, (laughs) I could have told him that, but, um, I just feel there are just times in my life where I feel spun. Mm -hmm. Like I, I just, I can't get a handle on things. Ever. Like, I just feel behind the eight ball every day. Wow. And um, so, I actually, I'm looking into getting a, a uh, some stimulants, uh, you know, something to kind of right the ship in that way. Use that as a, as a jumping off point, uh, as a stabilizer. 
establish some of those routines. So you're taking like, like, like Ritalin or, or yeah. Adderall or something, something along those lines. I've actually like a chemical imbalance. Yeah, yeah, to an extent. Um, I, you know, dicked around with those things in college because they were available and you had to get shit done. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember, you know, normal is a very relative term, and really. There is no true normal, but I remember taking Adderall for the first time to get some schoolwork done and being, you know, all my fellow students or friends that were taking it would just be all cracked out and they just crack out all this stuff. And I would take it and go, oh, so like I can just like do this now. Like I didn't get cracked out. I wasn't all jacked up. I just would, you know, focus. Gave you clarity? Yeah. Okay. I just could focus for two seconds. And it felt great because I mean, it's not that I'm discombobulated, um, but you know, conversationally, I can get lost easy. Um, I uh, I have a hard time planning for you know for any length of time. You know, my time management is a, an abomination. So wow. um, it's. We'll be, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. You know, it's not a silver bullet. It's not a guarantee, but mm-hmm. I think this might be something that might... But other than that, I'd say that this is a, a life in general. I feel like this is... If you were to tell 18-year-old me, you'd be working for Pabst Brewing Company, have a girlfriend who looks like your girlfriend, and she's living with you, and you're probably going to marry her, and you get to go to all these shows... And, you know, you have all these people who are your friends. I would be like, what? No. Like, I just, I would, it seems like almost like a fantasy, you know, to work for like PBR. That's rad. My girlfriend looks like that. Fuck yeah. Like that. Mm-hmm. But it just happened so kind of matter of factly that it, um, it feels right. You know, like it's, everything kind of feels like where it should be. To an extent. Um, Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. Feels like a, a full extension of, of the path that I, you know, inadvertently started out on. You know, sold beer behind the bar, and now I'm selling beer to bars. So, I mean, it's, you know, changing with the changing landscape. You know, mm-hmm. soon it's going to be seltzers and coffee and liquor, this and that. But it's, you know... At its core, what I've been doing for five years, so it's cool. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, but yeah, there there are times and days, some worse than others. You know, I can be a little hypersensitive. You know, mm-hmm. if day doesn't go the way that I wanted it to, I can shut down pretty quick. And it sucks. I don't like that I do that, but. You know, it's ever ever but, consistent process. The thing that's good about having like character defects like that is that it's a constant reminder of who you really are and yeah. how you can you can change your experiences and 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 realize. Yeah. This is the stuff that I have to overcome. Yeah. Like it's when when people don't have problems, mm-hmm. it's like I so I had this conversation with my um, with my recovering coke addict uncle yeah um a long time ago about how it's it is so much more difficult for someone that doesn't have an enormous problem because if you have Mm -hmm. a giant ditch in front of you 
it's easy for you to realize I got to fill in this ditch. Mm -hmm. If you're just you have like just little rivets, you just go over those things and they will and they catch up to you and yeah. you don't even know that they're next there. Thing you know, next thing you know, your suspension so is I, fucked. Yeah. So yeah. exactly. So at least you're in like a you're in a place where um, you are your awareness is beyond what other people's are. And I think that is a very positive thing. Even even though the, the stuff that you're aware of is negative and can be a downer. Yeah. But it's that's a powerful thing to have knowledge and awareness, I yeah. think. Yeah, no, I, I definitely... So I think that is really important. I think that it took, you know, 30 years for me to address it because this has been something that's plagued me for some time. Um, but it definitely... Uh, it... Really, it, you know, it came to the point where I'm 30 years old and I feel like I felt when I was in classrooms, you know. Mm -hmm. I was always capable. I could always do it. I always got decent grades. Nothing to write home about, but I could pass. Mm -hmm. And I was in, you know, difficult classes and courses. I was in, you know, AP classes. And I always did well, but it never felt comfortable. It never felt like I knew what I was doing necessarily just because... Mm -hmm. I just, yeah, it just was so hard. So, um, to be able to, you know, it was, I had to eventually just come, come to terms with the fact that like, I need to change. This is not, this is not doing it for me. So, um, and that's really, that's half the battle, just addressing that. And then, you know, like I said, with my, uh, my, uh, predilection for fun times, um, you always got to worry about substance abuse in general. Mm -hmm. Like I, I can drink and, and maintain and I've never felt like it was a problem in my life necessarily. You know, I have people and friends in my life where they do things and I look at them and I'm like, holy shit, that's not, that does not look good. Um, but I've never felt like I hit that point, mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, Jumping into the next question, mm -hmm. um, and this is kind of a, we just took a left turn, but what have you ever done that is truly wrong, and can something be truly wrong? Truly wrong? Yeah. Like in the eyes of God. I don't care about yeah. that. I mean, if you, think, <laughs> if you think of that, well, that's that's the it's reason the that whole, I, the follow-up yeah, question. Wrong. I think... Um, I think that uh, done something truly wrong. I don't know. It's kind of dangerous that I have this question because I, I keep asking this to people and they 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 want to they want to hear me. Yeah. It's like, how many things am I supposed to say that are <laughs> truly wrong? Um, and um, I mean, I and I, I know that I've done a lot of stuff that's yeah. been wrong. Um, I think part of the human experience is locking that shit up so you don't remember it. So you're not necessarily, I, I would say, um, truly wrong. I was, I was a little shit mm -hmm. for a while. Um, Me too. <laughs> yeah. I think I was, I mean, you know, maybe everybody my, goes through that phase, but. My mom describes me as a bad kid to people when I was younger. Oh, see, I, my mom would never say that about me, but. <laughs> I, well, that's good. What can I say? I was a delightful child. But, I mean, I, w I was <laughs> underground. That's part of the problem is that she didn't realize. And honestly, I wasn't doing that bad of shit. I was always, like, towing the line, not crossing over it. Like, 
maybe smoke a little weed, you know, yeah. maybe have a couple beers, not like getting blacked out and driving around. Like that just wasn't me. Mm-hmm. Um, what but, about when you were a kid? When I was a kid, I was delightful. Really? Well, that's actually something. Um, you didn't experiment with stuff that you were just like, I don't even care if this is right or wrong. Um, when I, uh, in terms of kid, like what, what kind of time frame are we talking about? Like, yeah, I don't care. Because I mean, I'd say I, like I've been doing wrong things. <laughs> very. I was a time. very very compliant, complacent, uh, rule following child. Oh. Um, I I respect my parents. I love my parents. Um, my younger sister, uh, was, we found out later was on the spectrum. So she was a handful. So I didn't, I, you know, didn't mm-hmm. want to do, be a part of that or do that to my parents. But, um, I really was pretty great. And that's actually something my mom, uh, she and I have been kind of talking through some stuff and, and going to therapy. And one well, of the things that she Maybe she's, you can't do anything that's truly wrong. It's just not in you. <laughs> no, that's... <laughs> That is not true. It just took a while. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, you know, there was a, a, a point in time in my life where I was a happy kid and then something changed. Mm. And from then on, I've been pretty angry, according to her. Um, and yeah, maybe too, I might be a little more expressive with my anger these days than uh, than I was when I was 11, but who isn't, you know? That's, so Isn't that healthy? I'd like to think so. Uh, I think it's just her processing through it a little bit. And part of it, too, is just um, me not questioning so many things into my adulthood. And now it's like, you guys steered me so far in a, in a direction I did not approve of. But I did it because, you know, I, out of respect. And now that respect has been diminished hmm. to an extent. I think that's kind of what has, we've decided is kind of what's going on. Mm-hmm. You've decided when you had the conversation to figure out what is going on with me. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, my mom's like, why are you so mean? It's like, because you don't see this bullshit that's going on every day. You know, it, angry. Why are you so angry? Because I get worked up. I get worked up about a lot of inane bullshit. But that's being I can passionate. Get, that's yeah, that's anger. what, again, that's what I like to think as well. But, um, you know, I can get a bit pretentious and a little high-minded and... In a little over, I can get hyperbolic too. So you know, it's a combination of things. But um, what have I ever done that's truly wrong? <sighs> you know, I've been mean, like really mean. To was cruel for the sake of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. As a kid, it happened. Um, my little sister had a friend, and and she just kind of irritated me, and I just was mean to her for fun. Isn't that a weird thing to think about now? Yeah. And it's, it's fucked up, but it definitely happened, and it's something I'm not proud of. And I honestly don't even know if my mom or sister even realized that. Hmm. But I, I definitely was mean to her. It's such a bizarre um, thing. Yeah. I mean, because, I mean, I've been there. Yeah, I think, I think people do. I think people go through that. Um, Hopefully, the people think back about it and say, gosh, why was I... Well, yeah, state of mind you'd like to think that that was just... I mean, maybe it's just a developmental thing that people kind of go through. Um, but do you think that that's, that's where we... Uh, and I know this is like a, a deep philosophical thing of morality, maybe. Yeah. But when we say that things are really wrong or whatever, um, do you think it's not actually wrong? It's just a developmental thing? And it's and it is unfortunate that certain people have to be victimized by it, but it's 
not right or wrong. It could be just like what this person has to go through at this point in their their life life to to develop. Get to the other side. I think, I think to a degree, (laughs) yes. I will also say at a certain point, it is no longer, that is no longer an excuse. Hmm. The shit that's coming out of certain adults' mouths these days is not a developmental issue. Right, it right. is a it is a lack of empathy and care for another human being. Most definitely. So yeah. I think it hits a point where that's no longer. I think <clears throat> youthful cruelty can be a little more excuse. Yeah. I think at a certain point that's no longer an option. So I think that things are truly wrong. I think there is a universal right and wrong. I think. When you walk away from a situation, you know how you feel. You can you can you can compartmentalize or or talk yourself into feeling a different way. Do you think the universal wrong has to do with? Um, it always has to do with the way that it affects other people. I'd say so. I think that there is a an uh, interconnected aspect of our existence that that is dependent on um, kindness. So I agree. Yeah, I think that not acknowledging that and circumventing it for um, personal gain and, you know, that can also taps into my um, personal and political beliefs as well. So yeah. uh, I actually just heard this very similar conversation about... Um, people that were talking about mm-hmm. alternate realities and timelines mm-hmm. and what if there is this other timeline where we never became selfish and we never became vindictive and we all we ever the, did was the yeah. kind and helpful thing yeah wouldn't that be bizarre like what a different change in everything just because people we didn't I don't know whatever that little twinge is mm-hmm. the original sin or whatever you want to call it in yeah. this plane of existence but what if there is like this alternate timeline where nobody does and they're just and if they get a glimpse of us and say what is hatred yeah I think I honestly think that the quote unquote original sin is just our consciousness fighting off our lizard brain I think it is the animalistic instincts that kick in that we know consciously are not beneficial that to ourselves from, and others. Separates us from the animal kingdom. You mean? Yeah, essentially. Yeah. I think that's that's kind of what that that concept comes from, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I I uh, I definitely think that that is something. It's a primal thing. Oh, totally. That is. This is, and this is a actually a perfect point point to segue into the next question yeah for sure um it the question is and it's a little chunky and hard to digest what is your opinion about the natural hierarchical order of in reference to humanity um i again personally don't believe in a hierarchy uh being necessarily a good thing 
Um, but, don't, but do you so think it's a natural animalistic thing? Oh, I do. I think that we categorize out of instinct, sure. I think that um, in our past uh, biological experiences that, have, that are expressed through our um, DNA today, there was benefit to categorizing, uh, turning things into a certain hierarchy, and yeah, I th- you know, does, did it exist? Does it exist? Is it something that we might inherently do? Sure. Um, well, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> very obvious. <laughs> the, the the current paradigm proves that. Very, very strong evidence for it, but. Um, Personally, do I put any weight into it? No. Mm. Um, I don't think that it's not... I mean, is it hard not to be like these stupid, poorly educated people with no resources keep cranking out stupid, poorly educated people with no resources? Like, that's... Is that a, a shitty thought? Yeah. Is it a thought that I've had? Sure. Is it right? Not necessarily. You know, that's... But is it happening? Yeah, but then again, <laughs> again, if you, you know, have a value for DNA and just that, the human diversity, like, those stupid, poorly educated people with little to no resources are they going serve to... They a purpose. They serve, they're well, going that to... Is a, that is a horrible still, way to say it. Not a great but, way to say it. No, but, no maybe, but that's... I, I did mean, not say that. I did not mean to say that. <laughs> they, <laughs> will, they will create that was some a horrible... The, I'm sorry. That's right. <laughs> they will create... Um, they will create some of the greatest minds to ever exist. So, that's... that's that is what my mind meant by the fact that <laughs> yeah, they have they a serve purpose. purpose. Yeah, like they're... They, they, there is there is a strong meaning in their existence. Totally. Yeah, and mm-hmm. we just overlook it because mm-hmm. we're uh, we have a different way of thinking. We view ourselves on a different plane. Exactly. Sure. That's what I meant by yes. they nope. serve I a did, purpose. I know. I know. What <laughs> I was I was thinking in a, a very utilitarian. Yes. You're just kind of chase. That was. Just, I went with a more diplomatic way of phrasing. Sorry. It. No, it's fine. Um, <laughs> well, I'm just defending myself because <laughs> yeah. we're recording this. <laughs> On the yeah. audio recording. Yeah, that was a poor way of saying what I was trying to yeah, say. Yeah, I wouldn't have said it like that. But, yeah, you know, I I think a hierarchy of people is a unfortunate um, result of... Cultural relativism? Yeah, for sure. You know, like, and that's one of the things that was my first and biggest gripe with religion was like, who... Am I to say that because I was born in this country with this religious text and was told this certain thing and lived my life a certain way because of it, this guy over on some Pacific island who lived his life the way he knew it and as best he could in the kindest and most empathetic way possible, he's not going to go to heaven because he didn't fucking hear the book? Like That's so stupid. So I think, um, Amen. that was, yeah, that was, <laughs> that was my, and that still is, um, one of my biggest issues with religion in general. So, uh, I, I think it's, you know, like we said, bullshit. Um, as hard as it is to, to fight that in that natural inclination to be like, they're less than, I mean, nothing feels better than feeling like you're better than somebody else, you know? And if every time I look at a crowd, I, I don't know if I agree with that statement. I mean, 
there is a lot of positive feelings when you look at someone and you're like, I'm better than what you. A piece of shit. You yeah. fucking piece of shit. And and not necessarily in a mean way, necessarily even. No. Like it could be that, it could that be like out of the root of that. Yeah. No, it's it's definitely like not a healthy thing that people should do. Yeah. And and should should try to think about why they're thinking that. Mm-hmm. Um but there is, you know, pleasure derived and, and superiority. I mean, there's a reason why people build fucking castles and, and you know, have accumulate physical wealth. It's because it pads that. So, um, you know, and it can be different levels. Like, I can look at a crowd of people at a watershed festival and just sit on my plane of existence far beyond theirs and be like, you suck. <laughs> Is that right? No, no, not necessarily. It's not right. It's I like just to think honest. So. It's just honest. <laughs> it's just how it is. I'm sorry, I haven't. I actually, my roommate, she's gone to a handful when she was younger, and she said that she's seen like legit domestic violence situations at what, the campgrounds. What I don't. Should. I don't want to talk about. That. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, this is my nightmare. Anyways, Jeez. but yeah. Um, so I think you know, as somebody who tends to find himself uh, trying to, I often, you know, will compare with others. <clears throat> I think it's bullshit and I, it's something I'm not proud of. But I think hierarchies in general are, um, I think people have their, their strengths and their weaknesses, but I think that that can all be used to a, a single purpose, personally. I agree. That, so. was a, that was a marvelous answer to that question. Thank you. And that leads us to our last question. The final one. Okay. Yeah, this flew by. Well, good. And I hope that you haven't answered this one. It right. might take you a while. We'll see what what is your theme song? Oh, that's a tough one. That's a tough <laughs> yeah. one. It's a tough one, but I think I might actually already have an answer. Really? Well, I, that actually doesn't surprise me because... It's something I would think about. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah, because you're you're very passionate about music. Yeah. No, it's <clears throat> something that means a lot to me. Um, However. Yes. I don't have one. I've been I've been thinking about this question since you I don't. wrote it because I thought it would be like a fun way to end it, and you could sing a line of it or whatever. <laughs> and it's like, but I don't have a theme song. I I I like and hate so many different kinds of music that <laughs> I. I don't, I have bits and pieces of different things that move me at certain times. Yeah. Well, and I think that, that, that is true. You know, I will probably give you an answer and it'll be something that is as close to a overarching song that means something to me. That's awesome. Um, But it doesn't necessarily encapsulate who I am at certain instances. You know? I totally get it. Um, and I overthink everything too. Yeah. So That's, I, I like it when there's a, an answer and it's just like, you know what? This song. Yeah. Because yes. Yeah. Back there's in Slack some... is my theme song. <laughs> Which technically it is for my nephew. Hmm. Um, that's, that's my song for him. So that's good. I like that. That's a good first uh, step to take with a kid. But um, I would probably say Gideon by My Morning Jacket. Um, primarily because lyrically, um, 
Is the, the song about Gideon from the Bible? Yeah, I think so. Um, the one of the lines that really kind of was like, like a, it felt like my world shifted. Like all of a sudden, everything went locked into place. Um, he says, uh, "Religion, religion should appeal to the hearts of the young. Who are you? Who have you become?" And it just like fireworks went off. I was like, "Holy shit!" In my morning jackets. In my opinion, one of the greatest bands to ever exist. Jim James is um, an angel from heaven. And uh, creatively, he's just on a whole other level than a lot of people. And it was the first song of theirs that I was like, holy shit, who is this band? And it was life-changing for me. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, it was great. Uh, I mean, you know, and that's... Do you remember the story of Gideon? Not particularly. So Gideon was the guy in the Bible that um, he questioned God and God's power, and he's and he he tempt or tested God and yeah. said, "I want you to take this piece of fleece from a sheep and make it soaking wet and everything else about around it dry." Yeah. And then and then God the next day did it, and he's like, "Well, that might be coincidence. Yeah. How about you make everything else soaking wet around this?" And this piece of fleece be dry. dry. Yeah. And God did it again to yeah. prove that he was, you know. So so Gideon was a was a, a questioner and uh, a, a tester. He like he was what a I don't know, what do you call this? The the Y um, generation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because you have to prove your worth to me. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense to me, uh, for sure. Uh, for me it just stuck out because, you know, I was starting to question things mm-hmm. as a teenager. Um, and then you have, you know, this band that was just blowing me away. Um, they they had that expansiveness of like an arena rock band, but mm-hmm. with that hard driving kind of southern rock thing that I still love today. Um, and they, they kind of just, they set the ground for everything that I love about music and, and what I'm passionate about. And, uh, you know, it, it, I wouldn't say it's my favorite My Morning Jacket song today, but it definitely uh, encapsulates my experience as a person. Um, but, you know, if you caught me, you know, after a breakup at a bar, it'd be Merle Haggard's Tonight the Bottle Let Me Down. It'd be, you know, and, and sure. the, the list goes on. There's, you know, depending on my mood and what I'm doing, um, there's going to be like a nice little playlist for sure. Yeah. But, that's a great song, though. And yeah. I, and I think that's a, such an awesome testament to to Jim James and his knowledge mm-hmm. and his, like, research into into his music and stuff, which really yeah validates what he does, I think. He's incredible. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. Yeah, he's on a whole new level. Awesome, man. Yeah. If well, you've never seen him live, you're missing out, as we both learned. I... I... It moved me. It was. That was for yeah, sure. It was an incredible experience. And he, it very much was. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. That's yeah. the end. Perfect. Good job. Wonderful. My pleasure. <laughs>